Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. If you are like me and you love behind-the-scenes content, you love raw footage, real, vulnerable content, you're curious what people are talking about off-air, what are people really like? What do people really like in real life? Then you're going to want to listen up. I have created an exclusive Instagram page only for people in the Wellness Realness crew. If you're here, if you are in this family and you want more, you want to see some behind the scenes, you want to listen to me share some things that you might not know about me, about the guests, all the juicy, juicy content, you are going to want to join this Instagram page. If you go to Instagram and you search Wellness Realness Crew, you will find my new exclusive page where I will be sharing all the juicy content. And here is how you get access. You just have to request to join leave a rating and a review on iTunes, take a screenshot and DM it to that account. So just send it in the DMs and then when I see that, I will grant you access to this new amazing Instagram page and then you get all of the exclusive juicy content right in your Instagram feed. I don't know what's going to come out there, but it's going to be wild. It's going to be even better than my Mind Pump Christina page. If you don't already follow that, it's my account where I poke fun at the mind pump guys, but this is going to be even better. All the juicy content. So make sure you request to join there. Just show me that you've submitted a rating and a review to iTunes and you will be in the exclusive crew. Moving on to other important things like the coronavirus that is getting everyone in a tizzy. You guys, we can't live in a state of fear. It is heartbreaking what's happening, but We can't live in fear. All we can do is live our lives, stay as healthy as we can, support our bodies with the most nutrient-dense foods possible, and support our immune systems as much as we can. And one of my favorite ways to support my immune system on the daily is with my Beekeepers Naturals products. You know I have been using these for so long, and I cannot live without them. Their Bee Propolis Spray is a game changer and something I recommend everyone take every day to really, really support that immune system. Propolis is like nature's antibiotic. It is an all-natural bee product, and it has incredible germ-fighting properties. It has over 300 different beneficial vitamins, minerals, and compounds. It is truly nature's ultimate defender. If you feel like you are getting a sore throat, a cough, you feel like your immune system is compromised in any way, then You need some of this, but I take it every single day just to keep my immune system strong. It's especially important if you are 
not getting enough sleep, if you're under stress, if you travel a lot, propolis is necessary. There's also a little bit of propolis in their B-powered hive superfood complex, which is something I take every single day. It has all the superfoods of the hive in one product. So this blend has that immune support of propolis, their brain nourishing and skin beautifying royal jelly, energizing bee pollen, and of course their signature raw and somatic honey. Those two together are key for supporting my immune system and giving me energy, helping me to feel my best. And then in the evening, I like to finish off my day with a teaspoon or two or three of their Bee Chill Hemp Honey, which is their delicious raw honey formulated with a high-potency hemp oil and MCT emulsion so that you're getting maximum bioavailability and absorption chills you out, zens you out, helps you get a great night's sleep and prevents you from waking up in the middle of the night because you are replenishing those glycogen stores. This is one of my favorite sleep hacks. And we all know sleep is incredibly important for supporting our immune system. So if you are ready to support that immune system of yours, then make sure you head on over to beekeepersnaturals.com slash CRW and my code CRW will get you 15% off. That's beekeepersnaturals.com, B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com slash C-R-W and my code C-R-W will get you 15% off. I get so excited about bee products and I am also so excited about today's podcast guest. I've been itching to release today's podcast because it is all about human design and you guys know I'm obsessed with human design. I fell in love with human design in the last year and it has totally changed my life. When I first heard about it and looked into it, I thought, eh, not for me. And then I dove deeper into it and started learning about all of the intricacies and saw how this applied to my life and found so much value in it, it shocked me. And I started actually working with a human design coach who is today's guest and her name is Kelly Rowland. So I've worked with Kelly for some time and she has been amazing and totally transformed my life. This information has been a game changer for me in terms of my health, business, relationships, understanding myself better, my manifestation process, understanding my soul's purpose. I have made some big life decisions Using this information, I have become even more in touch with my intuition and have noticed a profound enhancement in my psychic abilities and connection. And just my life has changed in so many ways, and I'm so pumped about this. And I have been using this information with the business coaching I'm doing and using this with Reiki clients, nutrition clients, and I think it's so powerful and I am not an expert. I'm not a human design expert. I would love to be an expert, but I'm not. So I thought I would bring in the real expert, Kelly. She is an intuitive guide and embodiment coach an astrological oracle. And she specializes in human design and Mayan astrology. I found her on YouTube. Her channel is When the Stars Aligned. Her business is when the stars align. So you can find her at when the stars on Instagram at when the stars aligned. I will link all of that in the show notes. And I just connected so much with her energy and I felt pulled to her by my sacral, which I didn't understand at the time and got a reading from her and then decided to work with her further. And it has just been so life-changing for me. And I really encourage people to look more into their human design and 
I love incorporating this into my work with people now. I'm always like, show me your chart. I need to know if you are a generator or a manifester. I just, I need to know what is your authority. I'm so obsessed with this. And I know a lot of you have heard me talking about it. And you're just thinking, what is she even talking about? So, In this podcast, Kelly breaks it all down. She explains what human design is, all the ways you can use this in your life, and some key parts of your chart that you can look at to start figuring some things out. There's just so much that goes into human design. Like People study this for years, and the charts are so intricate, so I highly recommend getting a reading with an expert to really dive into it, but this episode will give you some things to start with. And what made me so excited about recording this with Kelly is that we talked about a lot of things in the chart that I don't hear people typically discussing on podcasts. I've listened to other podcasts on human design, but they don't usually talk about digestive type or environment type or these different parts of the chart that Kelly explains really well in this episode. So before you listen, I really, really recommend looking up your chart. It will take you like two minutes. And just go to, there are two websites I like, either jovianarchive.com and you can get your chart there or go to mybodygraph.com. Personally, I like Jovian Archive more, but it's just a preference thing. They're both great and it's free to look up your chart. So get your chart and then sit down and listen to this and take some notes. And I cannot wait to hear your responses to this episode And I know for me, learning more about my human design was just so validating and exciting. And I was like, this is me. This makes so much sense. Oh, this is why I am this way. And I would love to hear your thoughts about how you relate to your chart and if it all makes sense for you. You know, with all these different personality tests and ways to, quote, type ourselves, human design for me just has been the most helpful and the most exact and and really helpful in terms of helping you make decisions and figure out where, where to lead yourself and just understanding yourself more deeply. It's so, so helpful. So I hope you guys enjoy this as much as I do. And I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Let's go ahead and hop into this chat with Kelly Roland about all things human design. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've been so excited to chat with you. I've been telling people all about human design because I've been so interested in it and curious to dive into all things human design and I thought you'd be the perfect person to bring on since I've been working with you. So for people who aren't familiar with you, can you just briefly introduce yourself to my audience and tell them a little bit about you? Yeah, and thanks for having me on, Christina. I'm super excited to be um, journeying into this with you today. My name is Kelly and my business is When the Stars Aligned and that kind of has an umbrella meaning of the work I do. I'm super passionate about many different astrological systems and I utilize them to support people to deepen more in their uniqueness and live a life that is aligned with their truth and their expression and it's something that has been a big part of my own journey and then that naturally just led to me wanting to share that with others so I've been on this path for about six, five or six years now, and it keeps getting richer and deeper. And I have a YouTube channel, I have a website, I do workshops and things like this. I'm really curious how you got into all of this. 
kind of a long, short story. Uh, I grew up in Salem, Massachusetts, and it's kind of the land of the witches, you can say. And from a really young age, I remember being super drawn to astrology and tarot and all of these systems. And I started diving into it and getting books on it and like decoding my friends. And I was just so passionate in this exploring this dynamic of you know, we can all be so different and what makes us different and how are some people compatible and not compatible and why do I like this and they don't. And as I continued to grow up and I started traveling, I started meeting a lot of people and encountering these really powerful systems that just took it all to the next level. And one of them was human design. And I found it very synchronistically. I just kept seeing this book pop up everywhere I went. Uh, I was living in Bali at the time. And the book was actually called Gene Keys, but Gene Keys is an offshoot of human design. And then I started meeting other people who did this work, and I just became smitten by it. And I learned myself inside and out. I dedicated like a whole year and a half to just studying every aspect of my chart. And then naturally, I just started talking about it to others. And that's a big part of my own personal chart. And people wanted to know more. So then it felt like a natural alignment. Human design is, you know, it's such a complex system. And the way I like to work with it is taking it on like a really practical base level. And essentially what it is, is it's a system that combines several different systems to give you this unique insight into your design, your, I like to call it your software. It's like we all come embedded with this software And human design is this powerful system that merges the I Ching, which is an ancient um, divinatory system that operates within our 64 genes and DNA strands. It combines a chakra system. It combines astrology. It has all of these factors that merge. And what you get on the other side of it is this completely complex looking chart, as I'm sure you know, Christina, but it has these, these codes of what makes you you and it can give you an insight into how you best operate in the world, how you best make choices, how you best relate, your digestive type, the way in which you're built to thrive in your career. And when I first heard about this, I went and I looked up my chart and I was like, what is this? It, it looks like a foreign language. And there's a lot to dive into, but I think the, I, I mean, I want to break the chart apart a little bit for people. So let's start by the the types the different types because I think that's the first thing that everybody looks for so maybe you can explain what the different types are and go through each of them and kind of some an overview of each yeah and that really is the foundation with human design is knowing your type because that sets the whole precedent for you to be able to explore all of the other complexities it's like knowing your type is the groundwork so most of us on the planet, about 69, 70% of us are generators. And that is the core category. Um, Christina, you're a generator. I'm a generator. And generators are known for their sacral energy, which is one of the centers in the chart. And it's the strongest, most powerful center of the nine centers in someone's chart. And what makes a generator a generator is that they have this consistent, readily available access to this inner hub of power (laughs) and that's not always available because sometimes as a generator you can be living in a way that's not in alignment and you can feel really drained and exhausted which I know I've been there I know you've been there Christina but there are ways that we can live as a generator to support us to tap into this resource and then generators are here to actually like provide electricity for the world around them by doing what you love that's the key as a generator follow those good feelings, follow your pleasure, 
light yourself up and then you can be this electric current for those around you and provide energy to the collective, to your family, to your friendship, to your work. Next, we have projectors, which is the second most um, Let's actually look at manifesting generators. Manifesting generators are still kind of generators, but <laughs> for any of you manifesting generators listening, often um, they tend to desire to be in their own category because the energy is actually very different. And a manifesting generator is a combination of a generator and a manifester. It's like a hybrid. <laughs> so when we talk about the manifester, we'll get more of an idea on that. But to share a little bit briefly about it, um, a manifesting generator is a generator with bigger vision. Manifestors are known for their capacity to initiate and go after what they want, to set a goal, to have a vision and attain it. So when we have a man gem, a manifesting generator, we've got this generator bunny who's here to get lit up on what they love while also kind of looking 10 steps ahead, looking for the bigger picture. Whereas as a generator, it's more about take that step by step by step. Then we have projectors. Projectors are the second or third most popular category. And projectors are an interesting breed. <laughs> um, they're very open by nature. Even if there's a lot of definition in their chart and the gift of a projector is their ability to see things so clearly. Projectors are often... Um, like there's this sweetness to projectors because they are so empathic to what's happening around them because their energy is built to take in their environment, to take in their surroundings so that they can compute energy and understand how they can be of best service to serve that person, to guide that person. So when we have projectors, we have the natural guides, way showers, visionaries of the collective. Next, we have manifestors, and the manifestors are the natural initiators of people. And if you don't know what your type is, perhaps if you identify with feeling like you are the one to get things done, to be the trailblazer, to go for it, to make things happen, this is a natural, quali a natural set of qualities for manifestors because they're designed to break the mold. Their, their personality type, their way of being in the world is to say, I can do this and to go for it. And sometimes manifestors can be more individual and a bit, a bit more sovereign and kind of seem like they don't need people as much because in some ways they don't. They can enjoy people and enjoy being a part of something, but a big part of their mission on this planet is to know what it is to initiate, to go for something and to follow their own direction and insight. And then lastly, we have reflectors, and reflectors are incredibly rare. Um, they only make up about 1% of the population, and I consider reflectors to be uh, like the cosmic beings because often they're just tuned into a totally different way of seeing life, understanding life, and they're the natural reflectors of humanity. When in presence with a reflector, it's very hard to hide because you may feel like they're seeing everything in you. So sometimes it can be a little challenging being a reflector because everywhere you go, it's like you're, you're picking up on what's happening around you, which takes that projector energy to the next level because a projector is here to reflect so that they can guide. Whereas a reflector, they're not guiding. They're just being in their reflectiveness. Um, so there's this deep state of beingness connection to the lunar cycles, the cosmic cycles as a reflector. So those are the five types, and I will say that we're so much more than our type. As you said, you know, there's these layers that stack and stack because you may be a projector with mental authority, and then you may have another 
projector has emotional authority, and these projectors are going to show these. So the deeper definition in your chart shows a lot about your expression and your personality. So can we talk more about what that means, the authority? Yes, yeah. The authority is like, um, you could see it as your your higher self, your higher voice. So your authority is like what you're best aligned to listen to in order to make decisions. So your way of being, right, You your way of being, Christina, is being a generator. Mm-hmm. So that's like the aura that you hold. Each type also has an aura type. And that's the disposition that you carry in the world. And that comes with a certain set of ways of living. Like for you, it's about following your uh uh-huh, uh-uh. Now your authority is what's guiding you into your decision-making processes, into your interactions with others. It's like that, that inner voice of intuition that's giving you correct direction. So for you, Christina, your authority is the sacral center because you're a pure generator, meaning that you get your sense of authority and correct action through listening to your sacral response of uh uh-huh or uh uh-uh, expansion, contraction. However, if we had an emotional generator, her authority would be the emotional center, meaning that she's going to be best led in right action and guided by her emotions, by listening to her emotions, by really feeling um, what her, her feelings are presenting to her. That gives her the guidance to move forward. So there are different authority types, and this really puts quite a strong impact on how you make your decisions in the world. Yeah, so there's... Can, what are the other options? So sacral, emotional, what else? Yeah, so we have sacral, then we have emotional, we have splenic. Um, splenic is when you are best guided by your instincts. And it's like your primal animal-like instincts. There's no reason behind it. It's like danger or safety. <laughs> it's like listening to this very attuned sense of like the nature of what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. and being guided by your instincts and a sense of survival even. Um, people with splenic authority can have that as a quite strong theme in their life. It's like survival. Things can sometimes feel like do or die. Um, but that's really natural for them. It's just good not to get too stressed out in your nervous system around that. And then we have mental authority. And mental authority, to be honest, is kind of like no authority because it's dependent on your environment. So people who have mental authority are um, very impacted by what's going on around them, uh, by their environment, by the, the group of people that they're in, also by the moon cycle and the moon phase. Their authority is outside of themselves. So any kind of reflector, and if someone's a mental projector, there is no authority. Their authority is happening from outside of them, so it's really important that they put themselves in places that feel comforting and supportive and nourishing because that's going to impact the choices that they make. Then we have ego authority. (laughs) Yeah. So there's, let me count how many, I think there's six, there's technically six authorities and then there's no authority. Ego authority is when people are guided by a sense of, is this going to improve my worth or not? Is this going to improve my status, my value? And for some people who have a defined ego and that's their authority center, that's really important for them. And they're here to be um, people who accomplish a lot in the world and get a sense of self-worth from pushing themselves to hit new goals and raise their status and things like this. 
And then we have the G Center Authority, which is it's kind of like a self-direction. Like, is this aligned with my direction in life, with my self-love, with who I see myself to be? And we can find this in self-projected projectors. They can be guided by this inner authority of, is this my direction? Is this going to get me more expression and self-love? In that kind of sense. So for people listening, so basically you're supposed to respond (laughs) according to whatever aligns with your authority, right? Which for me has been so difficult because I have a hard time differentiating between what's my sacral, what's my brain, what are what are mm. my emotions? Like to me it's so hard to differentiate between them. Yeah. Yeah, and I honestly feel like that's why this system is taking off like wildfire through the collective right now and so many people are getting turned on to human design. It's because we need it. Yeah. <laughs> we need yeah back home to our bodies and our natural way of deciphering through our own body and being what's right and wrong for us because a term that you're going to that maybe we'll talk a lot about here but you'll hear a lot in the world of human design is conditioning Mm -hmm. and this is we can be conditioned by society by our ancestors by our parents by the news the media of how we should be um but we're all so different right so maybe like you christina in your chart you have so much right brain creative energy but you, as we you know, expressed over some of the sessions that we've had together, you were kind of forced to like get really in your head about things and think from a more of a logical perspective and like, how do I do this and how do I get into that? And then when we're so young and susceptible, we can be entrained into those patterns. So by exploring your personal chart and even just listening to it, reading about it, these are really gentle ways of starting to decondition by saying, hey, I'm open to being totally surprised about who I thought I was. Can I let go of all these things I think I am? So even when, like you said, the mind is having all these thoughts and you're like, well, is that my mind or my intuition? To just become the witness to it. Mm -hmm. And this is what human design talks about a lot when it comes to our strategy and authority. It's it's becoming the witness. It's like you're watching a movie. (laughs) And when you take yourself out of that seat of trying to control it, like, is this my mind or is this my intuition or is this my sacral? And you just start to observe it and then read about your sacral and then observe your thoughts about your sacral. Do the practices that help you come into your body. Find ways to support that like we've been doing. Then it can start to become more clear. Um, But yeah, we all do have a unique way that we can best align for a successful life and a happy life and a vital life. So with the sacral energy, and I'm sure there's a lot of generators listening to this because 70% of us are generators. It's about how is your body mechanically and physically responding to life? Your mind may tell you, yeah, you want to do that project, but every time you sit down, you get a tummy cramp when you start to work on it. Or you feel yourself like leaning away from someone when you're sitting with them. This is the sick, sick response. It's communicating naturally through your body. There's no thought. There's no mind. There's no emotion even. It's just a physical response. So it's really supporting us to simplify and become the witness of how our bodies are operating and acting. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I think it's really interesting when people check their charts because it's either – them looking at it thinking oh my gosh I so resonate with this or there's some resistance because they're like like for me I'm like I don't want to respond 
Like I don't want my <laughs> I don't want my sacral to be my authority. Like I want something else that I understand, you know? And but it's so helpful because especially for people listening who, you know, this is a health and wellness podcast, which I mean, this is all wrapped up in it, but if you're struggling with health issues, I mean, I told you that's why I was I was interested in it. If you're feeling fatigued all the time, like you're out of alignment, you know, and so something's not right. So wherever you're feeling the resistance, like that's what you probably need to shift. And so I want to talk about, I want to talk about strategy because for me that this has been really helpful for me because it's the opposite of what I've I use I've always done but I mean even since we started working together I have so much more energy and I think Mm. it's because I'm more in alignment since like working on this so my strategy is to respond so maybe you can talk more about strategy and the different options there yeah and it's such a good point you made Christina with health and getting aligned because I, I see it just like being, a, if we embrace, we really embrace this perspective of like our body, our life is a movie playing out and we're witnessing it. If something starts to malfunction in the movie or break down, it's probably because there's something lacking alignment. It's like there's these signals going off in the dashboard and then we can go back to the root. So I totally agree with you on that. I think that's such a healthy way to look at it and an empowering way to look at it too, because we can really give away our power so much of the time to like, this is just my problem I'm stuck with. Right. Mm. Uh, but back to your question and your, your, um, proposition there with strategy and responding. Um, yeah, it's just, it is a totally different way of living because it's trusting something higher than your mind and or deeper than your mind to guide you in your food choices and your exercise choices. Um, and really putting the power back in your hands rather like for, so for example, with health, you know, we can think, oh, ketogenic is a way to eat, or I need to be fully raw vegan, or I need to only have, you know, this or that. It's all in the mind. But when you respond, you start, for example, you can go to the supermarket and you can just walk through the aisles. I like to always suggest to my clients, like put a hand on your belly because the sacral is located right beneath the belly button, like put one or two hands there as you're walking through the supermarket. Don't listen to any music. Just walk around and notice how you feel and notice what foods is your body drawn to. Maybe you notice you're gravitating towards the meats or you're gravitating towards the red peppers and trust that. And then maybe pick the food up and notice how it feels in your body and your hand and then pick up another food and notice how you feel. It's really about increasing your intuition. And when you eat in this way um, and when you let your choices in health be made in this way, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And sometimes it can be a little hard in the beginning (laughs) to be like, well, am I responding or not? But it's just about trusting it. Try not to think about it. Just trust it. Be a blind fool and just say, okay, I'm going to do this, even if it's crazy, even if I've never eaten red peppers before, but I'm drawn to them. I'm just going to trust my body to respond. And it's the same with exercise and what kind of workouts you do. Um, Sometimes as a generator, with your response, with your strategy being to respond, it can be nice to give yourself different stimulation. So maybe you could like look up on YouTube, like all the different exercises you can think of. You look up a video on dancing, you look up a video on boxing, you look up a video on um, soccer, and you notice how do you respond to watching that? You know, do you feel like an excitement in your body? Like, oh, I want to do that. Or are you like, oh, next video, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Start to mm-hmm. see yourself as this like responsive being that's always putting out this signal if something's good for you or not good for you. And what about 
what about in like business decisions or relationships? How does that play out? Yeah, it's amazing with um, how far this can stretch. So in business, uh, again, it is there's deeper mechanics. We can look at some of these too as we continue on this this little epi. But there's more things that can help you with that, with how you best go into business, money making, strategizing, relating with others, romantic partnerships. Um, but in terms of just purely looking at your sacred response, it's um, <laughs> honestly with your authority being the sacral to respond, it's about what you feel lit up by. What kind of people in your life do you feel excited about? Mm-hmm. And even mm-hmm. in your friendships, I think um, like this can sometimes sound harsh, but a lot of us keep friendships around that don't actually excite us. <laughs> and it's just kind of like a dead end because it's fulfilling something like emotionally or like mentally. But it's about like what excites you. And it doesn't mean that you have to cut everything out, but put your focus and your energy on the people that excite you. If you're dating, um, what kind of people excite you and what kind of qualities in people excite you um, and make you feel like your energy is expanding? Because when you follow that, you're going to be able to not only feed yourself, but really um, show up for that partner that you're choosing or for the, the man or woman that you're dating. It's about following where you feel excited and where you feel yourself opening up. Um, and in business, honestly, I would say <laughs> generators got to get really comfortable with outsourcing. Like, if it doesn't light me up, I need to find another way to get it done or else it's going to drain my energy. Mm-hmm. Yes, maybe I'll have to take a few little steps in the beginning to make that possible. But I'm, I know that I have to have a goal to outsource the things that don't light me up or to get rid of them and find a creative new way of somehow doing that in a way that does excite me. I think also also with responding for me, like I've started instead of trying to initiate everything, just waiting. Yes. And then it, it comes up. Like something comes up and I've like really proud of myself for how good I've gotten, I feel like, in a quick amount of time. Like I still need to work on it. But I've been trying this, just instead of trying to initiate anything, just waiting for the opportunity, the idea, and then I go for it. And that's been like a game changer for me, even though it's really hard to fight the generator energy of like wanting to initiate. But when I wait to respond, it works out so much better. Yeah, it's such a good point, right? Because we're so conditioned to think, I know what I want, so I should go do it. (laughs) And I honestly feel like, um, and looking at knowing your chart, Christina, you do have a lot of drive and ambition. And I'm sure you guys know this about Christina. She's a hustler. <laughs> I tell her to buy a house plan and she goes and buys it within the next hour. <laughs> She's on it. Um, but I can relate to that as well. You know, I can definitely act more like a manifester sometimes. Like, oh, I have this idea and this vision and it feels good. So I'm going to go do it. Mm-hmm. But then it doesn't have the best impact on my relationships, on my social settings, on my emotions, my health. So that can be challenging to say, you know what, I'm just going to sit back and let it come to me. And what comes up for me there, Christina, is with your sacral energy being responsive, it's actually learning how to magnetize to you what you want. And this is what that sacral center is all about. It's so deeply magnetic. And it's about filling yourself up with the good feeling and then allowing the opportunity to come. It's like you're magnetizing it towards you rather than going and trying to chase it. Mm-hmm. Or another way of looking at it, guys, is you can see it as as you just focus on what is feeling good. You hang back, enjoy yourself. It's like your energy field is expanding. 
So you want to do whatever expands your energy field, what expands your vibration, because sooner or later, you're going to be, your energy is going to get so big that it starts to encompass that. And, um, I don't know if that, does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it does. So what are the other strategies besides to respond? Yeah. So that's where we have the five types. Um, manifesting generators still need to respond, Mm -hmm. uh, but once they get their response, they can move very quickly and they can skip steps. Whereas for generators, we really want to take it step by step. Oh, that person invited me to do this podcast. Great. I'm going to do that. Let's see what comes next. Mm -hmm. But the manifesting generator is like, great. I got my response. Now I'm ready to run 10 steps ahead. Um, for projectors, it's about waiting for recognition and invitation. Um, so for all of you projectors listening, if you looked up your chart, it's really important for you before you engage with any person, any activity, that you feel recognized by them. This is the first and foremost thing because the way that projectors share their energy is so incredibly absorbing and penetrative that when they're in, they're in. So if they're not first recognized by someone for who they truly are, they can find themselves in situations where it's just not fulfilling for them and they're not being valued in the way that they that they need to be mm-hmm. because it's a big thing for projectors to feel recognized because they're so focused on the other. There needs to be an equal exchange of, Oh, this person really sees me. Okay. I'm going to keep showing up here. There's this equal exchange of energy. So depending on the centers in a projector's chart, you can see what they can truly be recognized for. And then once they're recognized and they feel like someone's really seeing them for who they are, there needs to be some type of invitation and an invitation can either be verbal, um, not verbal, it can be verbal, formal or informal. So a formal invitation is someone saying to a projector, hey, would you like to help me with this? I really recognize you're good at this. What do you think about collaborating? Um, some kind of extension of let's do something together or how about this? But there can be informal invitations as well, such as prolonged eye contact or getting a lot of signs and synchronicities. That's also a thing for projectors. You don't always have to be invited by another person. If you have this thing that's there and you feel recognized and you keep seeing signs about it and getting synchronicities, that is an invitation in itself. Um, Also, if you feel like a person or some kind of opportunities calling out to you and like there is an open door, that can also be a invitation for projectors but projectors don't do so well when they push themselves into something or aren't recognized first or just try to go for it it can often create a lot of bitterness or resistance okay then we have manifestors (laughs) manifestors pretty much are just here to initiate Mm -hmm. Um, it is helpful if they inform people before they initiate so close friends, um, a partner, if they're in a relationship, family who may be impacted by their choice, manifestors are going to have so much more peace in their initiations when they just tell people, you know, I, I'm, I'm really decided I'm going to do this thing, but I just wanted to let you know before I do it. It just lets people feel like they're somewhat included. Even if they say, I don't agree with that, it doesn't really matter. They're not looking for permission. It's just like sharing it's, a, it's an acknowledgement. Manifestors do really well when they acknowledge others by letting them know what they're going to do, and then they go and initiate. Manifestors shouldn't wait to do things. When manifestors get caught in the waiting game, 
their energy can dilute, they can feel really suppressed, they can get really resentful and angry because they're here to know what it is to be hot out the gate and to just go for it and to do what they want. And then we have reflectors. <laughs> and reflectors have a very interesting um, authority uh, strategy, and that is to wait a moon cycle. <laughs> so reflectors are built to wait 28 days before they make a solid choice. They're built to give themselves a lot of time to move in a certain direction. Now I can, I, I know you can probably imagine how hard that would be in this world where things move so fast for someone to wait 28 days to make a choice. Uh, but my mother is actually a reflector, and it's really interesting for me to observe her because I can see how she thrives when she gets to move very slowly and tune into like the changing atmosphere in her life. And then come forth with her decision. And when she has a decision, it's often very solid mm -hmm. because she's given herself time. And I can also see the – because she doesn't know much about human design. Um, she's a little bit receptive. But when she does make quick choices, often she gets kind of angry or irritable or she's not in her best form. So reflectors do best when they give themselves time to tune into the cycles of nature, to go through their own changing rhythm and see – it's kind of like when you're a reflector or when you have no authority, if you're a mental projector, it's like you're waiting to see what's at the end of it. You're not in a rush. Patience is a big theme here. It's like, all right, let's see what happens in four weeks time. Let's see how I'm feeling then. And by that time, there's often a very steady answer within oneself that they can trust. I'm sure your brain is spinning with all of this amazing information from Kelly about human design. So we're going to take a brief pause to talk about one of my favorite companies for Sigmatic. I have been drinking Four Sigmatic mushroom elixirs for years and I am obsessed with them because Four Sigmatic makes drinking mushrooms and superfoods delicious and easy to do. There's a whole kingdom of mushrooms out there with so many different health benefits, but it can be hard to figure out how to incorporate those into your routine. And with the Four Sigmatic Mushroom Elixirs, all you have to do is add their products to a cup of hot water and stir, or you can add them to nut milk if you want something a little bit fancier or add it into smoothies, but I usually just mix it in with hot water and I have a delicious elixir where I'm getting a warm, cozy, yummy beverage and all of the health benefits of mushrooms. And these are super high quality. They're all tested for pesticides, heavy metals, irradiation, mycotoxins, and more, which is very important to me with my history of mold illness, heavy metals, toxicity, etc. So what can these mushrooms do for you? Well, first of all, talking about supporting our immune system, this is where chaga comes in. Chaga is the king of the mushrooms. It is amazing for boosting the immune system. It has so many antioxidants. And with this coronavirus going on, I am doubling up on my chaga consumption. I also love to use the lion's mane to boost my brain function if I really need to support my memory and my concentration. This is great if you're a student. And I also love cordyceps for natural energy during the day if I need to get in a better workout or if I just feel tired and I want more energy, but I don't want any caffeine. I have been loving caffeine though, but really only in the form of Four Sigmatic. I love their mushroom coffee mixes because their coffees only have 50 milligrams of caffeine and they're paired with their functional mushrooms like cordyceps and chaga or lion's mane and chaga. So you're getting the health benefits and getting some caffeine, but no jitters. This coffee is amazing for me. I don't get any jitters. I don't stay up all night and it does really well with my adrenals. So I have been loving that as well as their matcha latte mix to switch up my morning beverage. 
And then I like to finish my evening with their reishi, which is great for reducing stress and helping you get a solid night's sleep. These are products I use every single day and I have for years and I cannot recommend them enough. They taste amazing and you will feel so incredible if you regularly incorporate these into your routine. So if you want to try them out, just go ahead and hop on over to foursigmatic.com slash CRW and my code CRW will get you 15% off. Again, that's foursigmatic.com, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash CRW and my code CRW will get you 15% off. All right, let's go ahead and hop back into this chat with Kelly Rowland about all things human design. It's it's really interesting to me when there's something in the chart that makes somebody wait because we are in such a culture of go, 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 initiate, go after what you want. And so it feels very foreign and it feels like we're doing something wrong. But I also think this relates back to how people are working where we live in this society where it's like you need to work harder if you're not if you're not successful you need to work harder right but there are certain types that are meant to work longer than others right yes totally so what how do people thrive within their types like as a generator I have enough energy if I'm doing the right thing to work a lot yeah it's like you're um I don't know the right metaphor, but it's like you, you hit that flow. It's like you're in the stream, you're in your stream, which is your aligned career direction path. And you can ride that stream for 12 hours and feel Mm -hmm. freaking more energized by it. Mm -hmm. But for, for example, a projector, they're not built to do that. Projectors are built, um, pretty much every type except for generators. Generators are are built to find their stream of energy, whether it's through exercise, through their passions, through their work, and ride that until they're exhausted. Be like, great, I did my work today. I'm happy, I'm fulfilled, and I'm tired. Whereas projectors, manifestors, um, reflectors, the energy comes in spurts. When the invitation is there as a projector, they can really dive in give themselves effectively because, for example, a projector, because they're so attentive and absorbed and penetrative with the work they're doing and they're able to focus, they can do in two hours what maybe a generator could do in eight. <laughs> like it's, it's just a totally different way of looking at it. So I would say for projectors, they thrive and they have a shorter work day. Um, that being said, some people may have a lot of definition in their chart and feel like they need to burn energy because whenever we have um, like several centers defined, this is giving us a sense of expression of self that wants to be exerted into the world. Um, but as a, as a pretty solid baseline, I would say that projectors, manifestors, and reflectors do better when they work in spurts of inspired work mm-hmm. and then give themselves regular breaks in between. Something like, um, like for any projectors listening or manifestors, reflectors, I don't remember the name of it, but it's like working for 50 minutes and then taking a 20 minute break. Oh, like the Pomodoro method is like 20 minute works, works for to then five to 10 minute. I forget you pause or you, you do something else. Yeah. Something like that. Exactly. Or going into deep work for like just a chunk like a chunk of time and then you break and you go. Um, this is where it's, it's most effective because types like manifestors, projectors and reflectors, actually the more rest that they get and the more rejuvenation, the more potent their work is going to be. So yes, they can work for eight hours at a time, but their work's not going to be that good. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they give themselves breaks, nourish themselves, dance, feed themselves, do whatever feels good for them, and then reapproach, they're going to be very effective, very powerful, and more aligned. Yeah, it's interesting because I've heard people, different people talk about this on podcasts about how they found out their design and they changed their work schedule to work less hours during the day and they were really afraid to do that but they did and suddenly their work was so much better because instead of setting up an eight-hour work day they set up a three-hour work day and they were so much more productive and but it just goes against what we've been taught to rest for the rest of the day yeah yeah and that's what's I believe like revolutionary business The business front is changing in this world and it's changing because we are embracing new systems. I mean, how do you think it became the way it is now from a very societal perspective? It's because that's just what people did. And then it became ingrained. And now we're in this super empowering position of creating new currents, creating new collective patterns. And it's so awesome. Like for example, when you look at your chart, um, you can see how your body's best, Align to get into action what kind of routines and rhythms physically are best for you and for some people they do better off when they have a very fixed solid rigid routine like this is what I do at 9 a.m this is what I do at 10 this is what I do here and there and for some people they're better off when they flow and I've picked up a pattern where I do better with a flowing physical routine I let myself sometimes lay in bed just reading till like 9 30 a.m 10 a.m whereas before I would have been like no way I can't do that But as a result of that, I'm getting more clients, I'm making more effective posts, like I'm feeling more inspired to make my content and to do my work. It just works for me. So everyone has a way that best supports your energy so that you can show up. Um, I'm trying to remember what yours is, Christina. Um, You told me I should not have a a strict schedule. Right. Because you are, you have all that right brain energy. Yeah. Yeah, so Christina, you flow best when you have a lot of freedom in how you go about your routine, which doesn't mean that you don't need routine, but it's about having routines that are exciting for you, Um, things that feel creative-inducing. Like, so before you jump into your work, maybe you have something that's a little more flowing, like you go for a walk, or you listen to music, or you make yourself, like, yummy food, or things that are changing every day you're letting yourself explore new routines to get inspired so that you can do your work from that place of inspiration yeah that's definitely helped me I started like in the morning I make myself a latte and then I read and I write and I tarot and since I started having that it's still a routine but it makes me so excited it makes me want to get up and after I do that I'm just so much more inspired with my work so that's definitely helped me um, but I, I really want to, like, I feel like people are really going to want to know how they can use this to figure out what they should eat. And you yeah. talked about digestive type. How mm-hmm. does someone figure out their digestive type? Right. So I'm actually thinking about creating a simpler offering around this because digestive type isn't something you can find online. Like you can't find it in a free chart. But there are 12 different digestive types, and some of them are more ancient. Some of them are more modern. Um, the ancient ones have to do have to do a lot with like the food, <laughs> like how frequently you're eating it. It's like very primal. Mm-hmm. And the more modern digestive types, it's more about what environment are you in, what kind of vibrations going on around you when you're eating. That's impacting you on more of an energetic level. Um, so in terms of how people can find it. 
typically I would say like the only way you can do it right now is by working with someone like me who, who offers that kind of reading. Um, but as I said, that's something I'm starting to play with more because a lot of people just want to know about health. Um, because it's such a big thing. And honestly, like it's, it's so powerful. Everybody I've ever worked with, with this system, which is several hundred people, their digestive type has aligned. (laughs) Like, Oh my goodness. I used to do that when I was a child or that's something that people always think is weird about me or wow. When I started eating this way, I felt so much better. Um, yeah. Are you like, what in, what in particular would you like to know? Would you like me to look at or... Yeah, well, maybe you can use mine to start with, and then we can maybe go over some of the other ones, like just so people can get an idea. Yeah. So Christina's digestive type is called cold. Now, this is one of the more primal digestive types of the six, and that means that for her, like it's the physical food that is very important. It's not so much about the environment she's in or what's going on around her, like the energetic vibration. It's like, what am I eating, and is it cold in its constitution? So Christina's body thrives on, your body thrives on food that is below room temperature or chilled, which is really interesting because you shared with me that your body really like adores and digests so well raw meat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I love leftovers. I love things out of the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I can imagine, even though there, like there can be a comforting thing, right? There can be an emotional comfort around having a warm soup. Your physical body is like, give me cold food. Mm -hmm. Give me food that is chilled. Give me food that is raw. Give me food that's leftover. And it's like fresh out of the fridge, things Mm -hmm. like that. Well, so does this mean that I don't, I just love like warm drinks. Is that a problem? Um, it's not a problem. (laughs) The thing here is, um, when you're drinking something, uh, it does change because automatically if something's a liquid, it's going to be easier for your body to digest. Mm -hmm. Whereas if it's a food, you have to chew it, you have to metabolize it. It has to break down. So automatically if you're having something that's liquid form and it's a drink, It's okay. (laughs) Okay. It's not going to harm you at all. It'll digest reasonably well on its own. Um, But I wouldn't say that you'd want to have like eight cups of hot tea a day because you'd probably notice that would create some inflammation in your system or maybe you'd get kind of frustrated. Um, Who knows what kind of effect it would have, but it wouldn't be to align your digestive system. Okay. So what are some of the other digestive types besides cold? Yeah. There's one called consecutive, and this is also more of a primal one, and this is for people who do best when they mono meal, so having one food at a time. And some of the people I've worked with more extensively in their health who have this digestive type have noticed massive changes because instead of having a meal that's got 20 different ingredients and then six spices and two oils, they just have the one food or like one or two foods, and their body metabolizes so much more quickly. So people like this thrive with having very simple meals. Instead of having a whole plate of food, they'll have like five sweet potatoes and that will fill them up. Um, So that's for some people. There's another one called Calm. And Calm is more of an energetic one. So it's one of the more environmentally affected diets. And people with this digestive type will have a really hard time metabolizing food and digesting if they're in a very tense environment if there's a lot of noise going on or if they're feeling nervous or sad or frustrated their body's not going to be able to break down the food it's really important that they're calm and relaxed um 
another one which is really interesting it's called indirect and this is for people who do best when they eat at nighttime <laughs> like nocturnal eaters who shouldn't actually eat during the daytime who should fast during the daytime or just have liquids or very easy to digest foods and then take most of their meals once the sun goes down interesting what are you interesting. i'm calm oh. and i it's so interesting um a little funny story and i when I first found out about my human design diet type, I was laughing so hard because like, wow, when I was a child um, at family dinners, I would always take my plate of food and I would go and eat in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> I like took my plate and I was like, oh, I'm not hungry anymore. But I'd like sneak away from the table and I'd like, I had this light in my closet and I'd sit there and eat my food because it was quiet. It was calm. It was yeah. my space. I always felt so good. And I noticed now that um, even like in the past, like, if I've been having a fight with a partner and I eat food, I, my tummy just gets in knots for days because I wasn't calm. I was stressed out. The environment was tense. So for me, this is something that I practice daily. And I notice that when I don't, um, I get digestive issues. I'll like break out in some kind of like acne. It's wild to see how much it affects me. Yeah, it's so interesting. So what else can people figure out about their health from their chart? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say that knowing your type also has effects on your digestion. For example, being a generator, um, the number one way that you can care for your health is by getting excited about your food and your exercise, right? Because I, I see nutrition and exercise and also your mental health as core pillars of vitality. Mm-hmm. So doing things you're excited about, don't force yourself to go for that run because you think it's going to make you lose weight. You want to do the things that feel good for you, that make you feel excited. Um, so I think that looking at your type can reveal a lot, but also your centers is a really powerful one. Um, like for you, for example, Christina, you have a defined root, you have a defined splenic, and you have a defined sacral. So you have these three like power centers charged up and these centers, the sacral, the root, and the splenic, all have to do with, on some level, your energy, your vitality, your survival, your health. And for you having them defined, it means that these are very core pillars of your life. You know, I'm not surprised that you're a health and vitality coach and like a wellness leader because it's written all over your chart. This is something that is defined in you for you to learn about, express, explore, so that you can teach others, which I can see in your profile. So depending on the centers you have defined in your chart can really show you um, what ways you can access your vitality, like what's really solid in you where you can access your vitality. Whereas, for for example, if let's say whoever's listening to this, if you look at your chart and a lot of your lower centers are undefined, this may make you slightly more susceptible to um, like harsh chemicals or environments or foods um, or certain types of people even like it can really impact your health whenever you're defined you have this natural resiliency it's kind of like you got this force field around you when you're engaging with that center but wherever you're open it's your gift because you could be so wise and transparent but also you need to have a healthy level of discernment around what you're taking in because you're so open you know what I mean? Yeah, because I wanted to kind of like zoom out and like explain what does it mean if, if a center is defined and what does it mean if it's undefined? Yeah, a way I like to put it, if a defined center could talk, it would say, this is me. This is who I am. Look at me. 
And an undefined center, if it could talk, it would say, I'm so excited to explore what's possible here. Wow, what happens if we try that? What happens if we explore that? Why don't you show me who you are? Mm-hmm. It's like the defined center is that robust, kind of like Aries-like energy that's like, I'm showing up here. This is who I am. And the undefined is like, let's see what's possible. Let's see what's available here. Okay. What about these arrows on the chart? What do these arrows mean? (laughs) So these arrows are, um, if you look at your chart, you're going to see that there's arrows with an R or an L. And this means left or right. And it has to do with left brain, right brain orientation. So whenever you see right arrows, depending on the placement of that arrow and the numbers beneath it, it's showing us some parts of your unique template where you are either better off and better aligned to be more open and creative and peripheral versus left arrow, which is more focused, pragmatic, practical, logical. So this can apply to like your motivation type, this is something you can look at in your human design type, like how you get motivated to do work, to share your energy, to show up for life. We all have a unique motivation type that kind of gets us turned on and excited for life. Um, And depending on if you have a left or a right arrow there, it shows if you're better off taking in everything at once and more of a peripheral perspective or really focusing your attention being a very attentive listener, taking notes, um, writing things down versus letting yourself fully experience something and take in the whole of what's happening. Which am I? Which am I? You're right. You're all right, baby. (laughs) You've got all right energy, which means that you do best in life when you are taking in from a very like peripheral perspective. Like, wow, okay, like let me not focus too hard on one thing, let me be inspired. Let me be creative. Let me take in the whole picture and extract what really matters. Extract the, the golden thread through it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What are the other arrows corresponding? <laughs> so on the right side of the chart, on the bottom right arrow, this shows your manifestation type. And we all have this. You don't have to be a manifester. But it shows how we can use our mind and our inner mind, like our our consciousness and our imagination, to manifest what we want in life. So if you have this pointed to the right like you do, Christina, and like I do, that makes you a non-specific manifester. Meaning that, um, I actually did a post on this the other day, it's really healthy to desire from a place of surrender and non-attachment. Like, wow, I desire this relationship or I desire this body or I desire this career or this vacation, but you're surrendered to the outcome. You're like, all right, life, bring it to me however you're going to bring it to me. That's the best way to manifest. However, if someone has this pointing to the left, that makes them a specific manifester, meaning that they draw things into them by getting very specific. Like, this is what I want and this is who I want it with. And that's how I want it to happen. And I want it to happen by this date. And I want it to have this kind of success, like getting very specific about the manifestation process. And then the top arrow, the top right? So the top right one is the motivation, which is like, yeah, how you can use your mind to really hone in. So for you, that's more peripheral. But if someone had that pointing to the left, it would show that um, they're really good when they focus their mind and like hone in on what's right in front of them study it 
maybe they don't see everything, but they see like one thing very intensely. Okay. So what about, what does the signature mean? I call this the theme. So it's like your true self theme, but yeah, it is your signature. It's just another way of putting it. Um, so every type has their signature theme Mm -hmm. or not theme. And this is what you can look to. This is a great, um, like checkpoint to always come back to, to see if you're in alignment or not. Now, as a generator, your signature is satisfaction, meaning that it's really good for you to notice when you when you're satisfied in life, when you're feeling good about something, what are you doing? Who are you with? What did you just spend your energy on? Because that's a sign that that's something that's eliciting a response from you. That's a satisfying one. Um, and if you're in your not self theme, you're going to feel frustrated. So this is the opposite. Every signature has an opposing side as well. So really looking back on what are the things that have frustrated you the most? Or if you're really frustrated in a certain situation, um, that's a sign that somewhere along the way, you've kind of strayed away from your true self. You've started embracing more of a not self strategy rather than a true self strategy. Okay. Yeah, I think that's really helpful to check in with for me personally. Oh, yeah. I'm always checking in with myself on that one. And um, frustration, actually, before I found out about human design, I could get so frustrated about things. I even had this nickname from some of my friends. They'd call me Frusty. Because they're like, why are you so frustrated, Kelly? I get for it. But it's now that I have the terminology to realize, oh, there was probably somewhere along the way that I wasn't honoring my uh uh-huh. I was doing something for someone else or to please rather than, like, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's really really helpful for deconditioning and just feeling just feeling better about your day you know life doesn't have to be hard and I think that's also a conditioning pattern that many of us received and we've talked about this a bit Christina like work can't be fun you be successful and financially abundant doing things that you love you're not allowed to enjoy exercise like all of these patterns and these um yeah these beliefs that just aren't true Mm -hmm. and why just general recommendations don't work because everybody (laughs) works differently right so what about what about the profiles (laughs) so there are 12 profiles and your profile has two aspects to it it's like the sun and the moon (laughs) the sun is your conscious self which is the first number in your profile and this is something that you know about yourself And that others can very easily know about you as well because it's what you're exuding. In astrology, it's kind of like your rising sign. It's what people see about you. And then you have the moon, which is your unconscious self. And this is something that is harder to see on our own, but it's very important for our health and well-being. And it's the underworking of of our personality. So, for example, you, Christina, you embody your profile so well. You have the two four. So the two four is the blend of the hermit and the opportunist. So the hermit is like, I want to do what I love. I want to focus on myself. I want to immerse myself in the things I'm passionate about, this natural talent, this natural affinity to explore what you're good at, what's right in front of you. And sometimes you don't even notice that other people are watching you do it. And then you have this unconscious four line, however, which means that you are here to take those unique gifts that you have, the things that you uniquely love, and then share them with a bigger community which is exactly what you're doing. You've had a lot of success with, with your, with your brand and your business. It's like taking these things that are very intimate parts of your life, your healing, your journey, and then sharing them to the collective, sharing them to your like-minded community. 
What is your profile? My profile is the 6-2. So my conscious self is the 6 line. Um, and for those of you who have a 6 line in your profile, whether it's the first number or the second number, this profile moves in three different stages. But ultimately, it's about being a role model. So it's about finding um, finding your voice within something that you believe in and then being an advocate for it. So that's a very conscious part of my, my profile. And from a super young age, like I, I wasn't consciously really seeing it, but I was always put in the role of like the team captain or the group leader or whenever I'm part of a group project, it's like, I don't even say anything. People always just look to me. They're like, do you want to coordinate it? I'm like, okay. It's like, um, kind of a conscious thing. Like people, even if it doesn't always feel like the case, people think you kind of have your stuff together because you exude this image of being able to like, um, take the, take the lead in a way. However, my unconscious aspect of my profile, that two line is the hermit like you, Christina, which is being involved and absorbed in my own process and kind of pulling away from people and just focusing on the things I like and that I'm good at. So my journey with my profile, because our profile, it's like the bigger picture of anyone's profile. It's, it's like if life is a big play or a big production, this is the role that we're playing. This is the costume we're wearing. So it's, it's here for us to master and learn from. So my greatest destiny with my profile is to take those inner gifts that I have and then find a way to be an advocate of that for others, to help them find their inner gifts, to be the role model who supports others to uncover their hermit-like uniqueness. I think you do a good job of that. (laughs) (laughs) A work in progress. (laughs) Always. No, you do a good job. Well, can you go over maybe like, like two more profiles quickly just to give people examples. Yeah. Uh, let's look at the one, three profile. Okay. So when we have a one line in a conscious position, and so you can often, when you start to like learn more about human design, you can start to spot people's profiles. Like I always like to guess someone's type before I start talking to them, if I'm working with them. Um, And the one line is the investigator. So someone who has this on a very conscious level, they're going to seem like a detective almost. It's like they want to get to the bottom of things, Uh, whether it's, you know, why you ate what you ate for lunch or (laughs) a topic that they're super passionate about. This one line in the conscious position is like, I want to understand. I want to know. Everything has meaning. Like, tell me the meaning. Let me figure it out. Um, And then their unconscious self is all about experimentation. Because the three line is the natural trial and error person. The one who says, I've got to try everything. I want to try this. I want to try that. I want to try this. I want to try that. So when you have a one, three profile, you have someone who is consciously, they want to go deep, but on a very unconscious level as well. It's like they're going deep into a thousand different things because their life is a constant process of discovery. Um, these people are really good in like any kind of position that involves a lot of research or innovation or um, even like personal coaching, something like this, because they can really go deep in lots of different directions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what other numbers haven't we talked about? What about five? Yeah, five. Five is a good one. Five. So there's only six numbers, obviously. There's one through six, and then it interchanges. Uh, let's look at a five-one. Mm-hmm. Um, the five line is very enchanting. Often people who have a five line, 
draw people towards them because in human design, there's a house analogy. And it's like each floor of the house relates to one of the numbers of our profile. And the five line, it's seen as this metaphor of there's someone standing in a window, like in in a room in a window on the second floor of a house. The curtains are closed, but the lights are on. So you can see the silhouette of this person, but you can't see who they really are. And this is a really strong theme for anyone with the five line. It's like people see you, people are looking up to you and they're enchanted by you, but they don't really know who you are. It's like you're an enigma. You're a mystery. Lady Gaga has a five line. She's a five one. And right. She's this total enigma. She's like, you think you know who I am. And then I just change. Um, so having a five one profile, it's really good to play upon this whole art of projection and this art of enchantment. Whereas in a subconscious level, one line, you're deeply investigating yourself, life. Like there's this deep attunement to what's happening around you while you hold this space of being someone that people can um, get inspired by or project upon, whether it's for better or worse. <laughs> okay. I know I know <laughs> some five ones. <laughs> um, like that. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> what about the incarnation cross? What is this about? What is this incarnation drop thing? Okay. So this is fascinating because there are 192 of these. Oh my God. That's a lot. There's a lot of them. Um, And some of them are much more rare. But what this is, is it's a combination of different aspects of, um, if you look at your chart, you're going to see on the side panels, there are these numbers and planetary positions and gates. And what your incarnation incarnation cross reveals is based on the combination of numbers in your chart, you have this message of incarnation. So there's 192 of these. They are split into different categories, which I can briefly kind of touch on. But what they do is they put this stamp on your soul. It's like a, um, a song that you came into the world with to sing that's uniquely yours. The way in which your life is here to pan out. Kind of like a, a, a destiny oracle. Um, and I find that it's not something that's extremely important because it's supposed to unfold organically in your life Mm. as you're following your strategy and authority, your profile, listening to your centers, honoring your health and vitality needs. This naturally pans out in your life, but it can be really inspiring to read because it can give you this overarching impression of the gift that you're here to bring to the world. Um, and there's, three categories of incarnation crosses. I'm going to look at the two main ones. Um, You can either be a left angle cross or a right angle cross. So if you look at your incarnation cross and you see that it says right angle cross, this means that you're here to really move through and unravel your own personal karma, Um, which is a really deep conversation to go into, but I'll just kind of leave it at that. It's like your life is really focused on what personal karma are you clearing or creating? It's very, it's a very like eye centric journey, which of course you can still serve and support others, but that's like the destiny of your life. Whereas if you have a left ankle cross, you're actually here to be an active role, an active supporter in the clearing of other people's karma. And it's really important if you have a left angle to not get too caught up in the drama of life and create your own. It's really about focusing on other people. How can I be a support for others? How can I help others clear up their karma? Um, 
yeah, it goes pretty deep, but that's the main essence of it. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. I mean, yeah, I like, I like that. Mine is right angle cross of penetration. So yeah. You've got an intense incarnation cross. <laughs> I like it. Okay, what about um I forget what the what it was about, but I'm supposed to be like in a cave. Yeah. Oh, your environment type. <laughs> yeah, my environment type. Tell us about environment types. So there are twelve of these as well, and everyone has a unique environment type. And you and I actually share the same, Christina. We're both caves blending. Um But what this can reveal to you is the kind of atmosphere, the kind of environment that you can physically be in that's most attuned to your energy. And when you're in these spaces, you find that you will access your natural element. Um, Because I'm sure everyone can relate, yeah? Like if you're by the beach, you feel different than if you're at home alone in your bedroom, Mm -hmm. than if you're on top of a mountain. Like places impact us. So with these 12 environment types, you get a doorway into seeing, like literally a doorway, into um, what kind of environment best suits your energy, your working environment as well. This is super important for your work life, for um, where you choose to live long term and what kind of home you choose to have. So, for example, being a caves person, there are two types of cave environments. Cave people thrive when they are in a space that is just theirs. <laughs> like think of the primal days, right? They had their cave that all the cavemen and cavewomen would go into, and it was safe. It was secured. There was one doorway, and you could see who's coming in and out. It's like very intimate. It's very private. And there's this neurological theme of safety. Now, the fact that it's caves blending means that it's slightly more evolved. And you, Christina, and I, like we really thrive in environments where there's this feeling of privacy and intimacy but you also get to be around people like being in a movie theater is an awesome cave blending environment because you're around people but you're private no one's really looking at you you're blending into the group or being in a church or whether you're religious or not like it can just feel really comforting being in that kind of place or being even in a nightclub or a theater or an art museum places where there's a lot of people around, but it's kind of dark and dim, and you can blend into your surroundings. Okay. Okay. What are some other environment types? Uh, another key category is shores. So some people thrive and their energy aligns most when they are near the ocean. Um, when they're near a lake or a pond or a body of water, it's where they are built to thrive and have really good um, like physical support from their environment. Um, some people are kitchens, (laughs) which means, uh, like being in co-creative spaces. Cause think about what happens in a kitchen, right? People come together, they gather, they cook, they create, they talk, they collaborate, they share about their day. Um, again, there's different types of each of these, but people who have the kitchen environment type tend to really like being in the kitchen or doing their work at the kitchen table or um, socializing and networking and things like this, being a part of a team. Mm -hmm. Cave people tend to be kind of solo in their work (laughs) unless they're inviting someone else into their cave and it's like an intimate space, um, which I can definitely resonate with. Um, What other ones we have? We do have mountains. Some people really thrive with elevation. Some people thrive with elevation. Like their whole personality changes 
when they move somewhere that has a higher altitude or higher eleva- elevation. And the opposite of that, there's also valleys, which are people who thrive when they are closer to the sea level, when they are low to the ground in between two bodies of land. Um, this makes me wonder, well, because I wanted to talk about this too, is do certain types do better together in relationships? And I'm thinking, what if you have opposite environment types? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, it's actually really interesting. Um, some types, and this also resonates with like the generator, manifester, projector, reflector, there are naturally compatible types. But with your environments, there's ways you can go about it. Like I've been in relationships with people who have, had, who have had the same environment as me and some who have had different. And honestly, I think the core pillar here is, are you compatible as humans? <laughs> are your personalities compatible? Um, do you like each other? Do you feel good around each other? Are you responding and being invited and initiating and like feeling good about that? Then you can kind of make do with the rest of it. Um, but yeah, let's say you had someone who was a mountain type and someone who was a valley type. <laughs> like There'd have to be some some kind of compromise. Maybe the mountain type person, if they lived closer to the ground, every weekend they'd go away hiking in the mountains. You know, you, you find ways to make it work. <laughs> so which of the the types, generator, projector, manifestor, like what what goes best together? <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say some of the, the matches made in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, generator and generator or generator and manifesting generator mm-hmm. can be very like positively inspiring relationship because there's this abundance of energy. But with that being said, um, I, don't, I don't want this to sound like like, uh, I'm just going to say it, like, I, I mean this with the best intention, but perhaps relationships that are more focused on growth, um, mm-hmm. like we want to grow together. Like uh, you could say like a quote unquote conscious relationship projectors and generators can do really well because gener- generators provide energy for the projector and projectors are really good at giving like guidance and support to the generator. And this can be in their own like individual lives, or it can be as a couple, generator can say like, wow, I'm going to like get this thing ready for us so we can have this awesome experience. And the projector says, well, how about we like ship this around so it's more aligned? There could be a natural compatibility there. Um, also projectors and projectors can be a really beautiful relationship. Um, if they enter the relationship correctly, according to strategy and authority, um, because there can be a natural like seeing of one another and kind of a gentleness for how empathic both of them are. Um, I would say a reflector and a projector could also be interesting, but perhaps um, kind of not distracting, but like it could get a little ungrounded (laughs) because they're both so open. It can be like, what are we doing? Like we're on another planet. (laughs) Um, And I would say from manifestors, manifestors, if there's manifestors listening, I love you all, but relationships can be a little challenging for manifestors because they are so good at doing their own thing. So they're going to do best in any kind of relationship where someone else is really happy doing their own thing. So I would say like a manifestor and a manifesting generator would be an awesome combo because the manifesting generator is like, yeah, I'm just doing me and I'm loving life. And the manifestor is like, great, me too. Um, So I'd say those are some good combos. Projector, generator, manifesting generator, manifestor, and generator generator okay I think what I 
really like about human design and I try to get people to see when I'm first trying to introduce it to them is that no type is better than another. Like we need all the types for the world to work and everybody feeds off of each other kind of. Yeah, entirely, entirely. So, so well put. And there is no hierarchy. It's like, a, it's a synarchy. Mm-hmm. There's synergy between the types and, you know, there are certain also like evolutionary cycles where the types have more presence than others. Like right now in humanity, and especially in 2027, we're entering this paradigm shift where projectors are going to start taking on a lot more of the lead because they're going to be able to give direction. But we need that to be backed up by the generators who can provide the energy and the manifestors who can initiate that direction that comes through. So it's, it's this constant cycle. And, you know, when I first got into human design, like six and a half years ago, I found out I was a generator and I was kind of like, oh man, like I wanted to be rare. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be a projector. I wanted to be a reflector. But yeah. yeah, when we own who we are and we see that what we bring is invaluable, then we can celebrate others for what they bring. And um, yeah, it's a co-creation through and through. Yeah. I really wanted to be a manifester or a manifesting generator, but I just had to settle for my generator. Um, I'm curious, when you started living according to your human design, what changes did you notice in your own life? Yeah. um, I noticed big shifts in my relationship dynamics. Uh, In particular, romantic relationship. I was mostly in one relationship at the time, but... um, how I interacted with people as well, just um, I let myself, like knowing I was a generator, I always had this freaking massive amount of energy. <laughs> but a lot of my conditioning was like, like, dull it down, don't be too much. And I started to embrace that more and channel it in an unaligned way, according with my chart. And I was like, no, this is my gift. Let me actually look at my gates, my channels. And it was a whole journey of self-discovery. Like, I wouldn't say that we are limited to our human design type, but I will say that by going on the journey of exploring yourself deeply, understanding yourself deeply, you just get to give permission to all of these parts of you. And then from that, it's like you you can become anything you want when you're on good terms with you. So I just started to feel so much more confidence in my interactions with others and who I was in that interaction. Like I was, I didn't feel much shame anymore. I was like, this is just me and you're you and that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did I notice a big shift in, a big shift in my career to be honest when I I was doing my astrology first but when I started getting into human design a year later that's when my like personal coaching really started to kick up and my YouTube channel and wanting to share it initiated me into my um, I guess I could say my profile my six line really started to come online and I wanted to use my voice I wanted to express I wanted to offer opportunities for others to deepen I would say that was actually a massive shift was my like work life and my career that's awesome and then any did you have any like physical changes um physical changes um continually getting healthier for sure knowing about my digestive type was really helpful. Like that did a lot for me because I started to get better boundaries mm-hmm. and the way boundaries are so interesting. When we can have physical boundaries, it's like other parts of us start to feel safe to blossom. So just like just different parts of me, like I've, I've definitely gone through quite a, even my physical appearance has changed quite a lot. 
from when I started doing this work. And I think it's because I've started to say yes to the things that feel good for me and no to the things that don't, which frees up my energy and then I can become more vital and more vibrant. So even if I look back at like photos of myself from before I started this work, I can see a huge change in my like physical appearance as well. It's so interesting. Yeah, I think there are so many like signs people could be out of alignment, whether it's like physical or emotional. If like something is off, you know, maybe you just need to live according yeah. to your design. <laughs> um, so yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to dive into with the charts. It's like, I don't even know. We could probably talk about this for 100 hours. But I know people are (laughs) going to want to connect more with you and find more of your content. So to wrap up, can you just share where everybody can get more from you and connect with you further? Yep. So I have a YouTube channel, which is When the Stars Aligned. And I have an Instagram where I'm sharing daily. And that is also when the stars aligned with an underscore. And through there, you can find my website with my offerings. Um, I offer personal readings. I offer intensive coaching. I offer, And I'm starting to offer as well some more um, tailored things, like specifically for digest, specifically for this. So you can stay tuned with that. But those are the, the ways that you can find me. Yeah. Perfect. Amazing. Okay. Well, I know everyone's going to be obsessed with this. So thank you again, Kelly, so much. I really appreciate you coming on and talking about all things human design. Yeah. Thanks, Christina. It's been a lot of fun. Huge thank you to Kelly for coming on the podcast and giving such a thorough and helpful explanation of human design. I am sure your head is spinning and you are trying to figure out how you can incorporate all these things into your life now. Trust me, it's life changing. If you want to get in touch with Kelly, hop on over to whenthestarsaligned.com. You can find her on Instagram at whenthestarsaligned and also search for her on YouTube, When the Stars Aligned. She has so many helpful videos that can really help you figure out how to put these concepts into practice in your life. If you want more behind the scenes content, don't forget to submit a rating and a review on iTunes and take a screenshot, send it in to Instagram, Wellness Realness Crew, and I'll add you into our exclusive IG page. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you take a screenshot, share it on social media, tag me, tag Kelly, tag Wellness Realness Podcast. That way I can say thank you and repost it. I love when you guys share the episodes and I always love to know when you are loving the episodes. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you got as much value out of this as I have out of human design and I'm excited to keep talking about it. So I will let you go look more into your chart. I know that's probably how you're going to spend the rest of your day. And thanks again for being here. I will chat with you again next time. Bye.